and welcome to this week's edition of The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge Television, brought to you by our great friends at Ditchwitch. Bass Edge Television is on the World Fishing Network, also on Wild TV in Canada, and starting in January of 2009, we are moving to the Outdoor Channel. Can you believe it? I'm so excited. Hey, this is Outdoors Dan. i got a good friend, Aaron Martin, and you know, I really shouldn't say we are moving, because you guys are moving. I'm just kind of like the, I'm like the neglected nephew. Hey, man, you're family. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of how much I pick on you. I only pick on you because I like you, Dan. Well, you know, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you very much. Every every squirrel needs an acorn once in a while. Right. Hey, uh, we got a great show, man. We get to interview you today. Yeah, yeah. How Aaron, are you doing? Aaron Martins is interviewing Aaron Martin. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I think that's awesome. I, I always said you had a split personality. I do. Jekyll and Hyde, man. Yeah. So uh, what are we talking with you about? We're going to be talking uh, about uh, consistency, versatility, and obviously he is, uh, you know, just very, very meticulous on how he approaches a body of water. So it'll be a great interview. Yeah, and actually we're talking about Aaron Martin, not Aaron Mart. Right. Different T- person. T-E-N-S. Yeah, there, Martin. That's right. Yeah, Martin. <laughs> yeah, so get that in there. Get that in. Oh, man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, folks. And Aaron, I'm, I'm ready. You ready? Let's do it. All right, we'll be right back here on The Edge. You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On. Experience the revolution. Uh oh, look here. I got one. I got one. Look here. <laughs> I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish. Good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Whoa, look at that son of a gun, man. That's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. Hi, welcome back on The Edge. This is Outdoors Dan Young, along with the host of Bass Edge Television, Mr. Aaron Martin. Got to say that Martin, because today we're going to have Aaron Martins, and uh, we don't want to get him confused, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. He under, he is a pretty good guy. He is a good guy, and uh, he'll have a lot of good stuff to say, and like I said, if we can get past the confusion part of it, uh, it'll all be good, and we'll all walk away knowing a lot more. Yeah, see how much easier it would have been if your mama just would have called you Elvis? <laughs> see, then we just could have called you Little E. Yeah, yeah, they're, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all would have worked out better. We wouldn't have had any confusion on here. Yeah, I'd hey, be... speaking of Elvis, see what I did there? Uh, Okay. You're going to Vegas. Yeah, I'm in Vegas, actually. Oh, well, you're yeah, in. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Vegas. And, well, uh, I knew that Elvis thing was coming from somewhere. That, that's right. You know, and I'm not, don't even think you're going to get me to do an impersonation. Oh, no, on. I've been out here. Come <laughs> on, let me hear you. No, no, no. no. Come on, go. Uh-uh. Thank you very much. No, come on, come on. Not happening. Ain't happening. <laughs> uh, no, I've been actually out at the uh, PBR finals. Uh, they're at the B&W booth and uh, be heading basically out of here in the next uh, day or so. Go home for a day to see my daughter on her fifth birthday, Maya. So happy early birthday. And then uh, we head out on the final leg of filming for the Bass Edge Season 3, which will take us south into uh, Palatka, Florida, on the St. Johns River. And then from there, we will head to Lake Martin and catch up with uh, Boyd Duckett to end out the season. So it's uh, we're looking forward to that. So that means I'm not going to make the show again for another year. Well, not unless you're going to show up down there, you know, and be a spectator. 
That's all right. I just wanted to get it over with. Okay. You, know, you ever seen the movie Rudy where the guy promises he's going to get to play in one game and he keeps checking the roster every week? Right. You know? Yeah. I can relate. Okay. That's all right. Well, first off, happy, more importantly, happy birthday, Maya. Congratulations on making it to five. That's right. Happy birthday. That's awesome. Five going on 14, I think. Yeah, I might say what. My Riley's two, and she, drives, she rules the roost, man. That's right. It's crazy. So. Hey, we got to talk about this Outdoor Channel thing. That's huge. Yeah, it is. You know, and we are looking so forward to that. We're actually, uh, we'll be on the Outdoor Channel three days a week. Uh, Saturday's part of a fishing block, uh, and then, of course, uh, two airings uh, during the middle of the week. So I think it's it's just a, a great place uh, for us to kind of bring the, the Bass Edge brand, and uh, we look forward to kind of reaching out to all the viewers there. I know I get Outdoor Channel. Like I said, we're, we're very honored to be a part of that. Hey, and don't forget, folks, you know, the Bass Edge DVDs and these new e-newsletter, e, there's that e thing, <laughs> newsletter, and all the ratings and stuff are going on right now, so just make sure you check on BassEdge.com, and we've got all the box sets, and, you know, that e-newsletter is absolutely free of charge, so please go ahead and get a hold of that, and it's a wealth of knowledge and information for you, and it doesn't cost you anything but your time, so please check it out at BassEdge.com. That's right. Yeah. All right, Elvis, you ready? Let's do it. All right, don't be cruel. All right. <laughs> Folks, we'll be right back right here on The Edge. Give any type of boat the edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere. If you own a boat, you need one of these. MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140, and best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Welcome back to The Edge, brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On, establishing a new standard in trencher power and versatility. All right, we are back on The Edge, and joining us this week for the Angler Spotlight is Leeds, Alabama angler, Mr. Aaron Martins. Aaron, thanks so much for being part of The Edge. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? Hey, talking to another Aaron. I know, this cool. is like Daryl and his other brother, Daryl, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of people don't, uh, the Martins is like, uh, it's similar. I mean, a lot of people pronounce their names the same because they, they put an S on the end of it. It's actually a kind of a silent T. I guess it's German, and that's how you say it. But uh, it's slightly different. Yeah, it is. I think yours is like T E N S, and mine is T I N with an apostrophe S if it's in a plural form. But you know what? I was lucky to get out of grammar in school, so I'm not going to debate that. So, but I wasn't major in that either. Anyway, you uh, if if there is such a thing, you're kind of in the off season, I guess, so to speak, and getting to spend some time home, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of an off season. You know, you kind of you know six or seven months there was continuous nonstop going from one tournament to the next, trying to straighten your stuff out. And this time of year, it's usually, uh, especially with the economy the way it is, it's um, you know, work on your next sponsor, your uh, title sponsors, you know, getting reacquainted with all your sponsors, trying to, you know, figure out what we're going to do for next year and uh, getting your tackle together, you know, getting your boat squared away. I rigged my own boat, um, getting my yard back and I saw down a, I chainsawed about 130 trees down the last week that was like a three-day ordeal there's a lot of stuff that you, you know that you let go because you're gone so long that you know two months three months at a time there's no time in between you know i have a gardener that does the lawn and and does the edging and stuff but you know your for you know your backyard turns into a forest sometimes it seems like it's done it three times now it's just the way the that fishing goes it's just so busy yeah you know and and the part of that is is obviously you wouldn't trade it for anything but those little things can often uh, be a little bit taxing when you have to come home and you kind of feel like you actually get a little bit of break from the tournament 
tournament scene, but then all of a sudden now you've got to jump into getting caught up kind of in your personal life. Yeah, I mean, I got kids too, but uh, I, I mean, I enjoy all the all the physical work. That's uh, actually keeps you in good shape. You know, I, the kids uh, definitely fed uh, my metabolism up the last few years. Uh, I also ride a bike a lot, um, three, four days a week. I mountain bike, so I, do, I usually do a trip or two a week, uh, like a good trip. Drive somewhere and do like an 18-mile, 20-mile uh, trip you know, a week and then do a bunch of four to six miles just to keep in shape. But that's like really what I do uh, in place of fishing uh, during my off-seasons, ride a bike and uh, tow the kids around. I have a little trailer for the kids. I tow them around. But uh, I also go fishing. I went fishing uh, Logan Martin yesterday, and this is one of my favorite times to go fishing. Um, usually, you know, fall when it starts getting cold, that's usually the best time of year to go fishing and everybody's deer hunting and uh out in the forest you know in their deer stands and i do that too but man the fishing's excellent this time of year it's incredible right now are uh, you are you noticing that uh you know the bass are starting to move around and starting to get up in the shallows oh, yeah. and really respond uh, it's a neat time i was out there yesterday with randy blockett um you know randy uh randy and suzanne stayed at our house for like three or four days and we went to logan martin yesterday for like six hours we caught pretty good we probably had a 14 pound limit but we uh we messed around for two three hours with bait you know kind of going over what he and what I knew, kind of, because he fishes FLW, I fish bass, so we, we're real good friends. I mean, we kind of get together a couple times a year and just share what we've learned, you know, tackle-wise and, and tactics and colors and, you know, new things that we've learned. And uh, we fish for like three and a half, four hours. We caught it pretty good. Just you can kind of tell it's getting to that time of year that the water's getting, you know, down in the middle 60s. And, uh, you know, last time I was there, was almost a month ago, it was like 75, so it's 10 degree drop and, uh, and it's dropping quick now because of uh, we had our first freeze last night our first frost so it's going to be uh, you know the next month or two is going to be stellar it's like going out there there's nobody out there um, you can go just by anywhere and catch fish how you're supposed to catch fish you know instinctive you kind of a lot of times we fish heavily pressured times of the year and they uh, fish get conditioned to boat traffic they hear the motors they get conditioned of uh, anglers you know throwing spinner baits or crankbaits or my scrounder heads which is why I throw a lot you know, over those areas, the fish just don't bite as good as they should. This time of year, you get all that pressure off the water. They, you can go anywhere and catch fish. It's yeah. just, uh, just a neat time of year. You know, and that kind of leads me to my next question. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I've, I know I've been told concerning your fishing prowess that, that uh, you know, Aaron Martins can catch basically fish under any condition, and, and you're extremely versatile. I know you place a tremendous amount of emphasis on your preparation and just uh, really take it to the last detail on your tackle and things like that. Can you walk us through just some of the unique things that you feel kind of give you the edge, you know, when you hit the water that uh, maybe the average angler does not do? Uh, I think my biggest edge for being consistent over the years is I've, you know, I mean, a lot of people do talk to other anglers and you know, a lot of the bass guys talk to the FLW guys trying to learn stuff about lakes. Uh, the only person I really talked to is Randy and uh, and maybe, you know, Todd Faircloth. Uh, a lot of the bass guys are friends, FLW guys are friends, but I don't really call them for information, so I rely on my own skills and I've, I've done that since uh, the beginning since I was 13. I've always just gone out and just done my own thing and uh, I've never really search help out, you know, trying to figure a lake out, I just depend on my own uh, abilities, and I think that's helped me over the years become consistent because I don't have to rely on finding out something about a lake. I just go there and use my instincts and go fishing, and I think that's helped me, but it's also hurt me, too, in a lot of tournaments because I go to lakes and I know nothing about, and two and a half days to learn a, you know, a 60,000-acre lake is futile sometimes. Um, it, it, there's a lot of the guys that stay up on top, you know, know a lot about those lakes when they get there, and uh, that's the part that hurt me, but as in 
going back to those lakes, you know, a couple, two, three times, it seems like I do better every time I go back because I'm learning the lakes, you know, on my own. And I think that helps you uh, be a more consistent fisherman when you you, don't, you keep to yourself and uh, you work hard at it. You become a lot more instinctive. You don't think about what somebody else told you. You kind of just go out there and do what you're thinking. That That's really helped me. I can tell it, you know, it works. Well, and, you know, it's it's no secret that obviously you started and you had success out on the West Coast at a very early age, I think, fishing uh, some team tournaments there with your mom and then later moved uh, to the Alabama region, you know, to, to be closer kind of to what I think you had considered the epicenter of bass fishing. You know, yep. and, and often we get questions on the edge to say, okay, when we make a point or say, that, well, this is what you have to do, and uh, specifically talking about, you know, that you follow your own instincts, how can we as anglers develop our own instincts to where we can rely to where we don't have to maybe seek out additional help or something along those lines because i mean is it true that you kind of have to do it to have experience or to know what is working or what is not working yeah it's if i think what happens i talk to a lot of guys is if you rely on a lot of help you become inconsistent because when something happens you're thinking about what something that somebody else said or told you and a lot of times that will really hurt you um especially if a weather change or a water drop or rise um but if you're reliant on your own skills when things do happen you're forced to change with what you're, you know, what you're thinking. And uh, you just not listen to anybody. I mean, you got to do one or the other. Some guys have probably learned how to do both, but you really have to do one or the other. Either you're going to get help or you're going to just forget help at all and just go out and do it completely on your on your own. I thought about trying to do it, you know, trying to get information, talk to some locals, but it's just, I just don't know where to start. And uh, a lot of my friends don't do not do it either. And it, it's frustrating. Um, I talked to a lot of guys about this. I've had, you know, kids call me for the best kids classic and want a little information i try to explain to them that you know and how i did it when i was a kid and and you know it's really better if you just go there and if you're having hard times with certain kinds of fishing uh spend your vacations or your weekends you know fishing those types of lakes and and yeah, you know make we, your weaknesses your strength and uh when i first came back here from california i knew almost nothing about grass fishing i didn't i grew up in southern california and we don't have hydrilla um a lot of lakes go up and down 100 feet so there's no hardly any shore grass at all there's not it's just a desert lake you know it's just some old bushes and that's how I grew up fishing but now I've come back here in the last 10 years or seven years I've been back here I've learned astronomical amount about grass fishing I'm becoming a lot more comfortable with it now it's definitely my weakness starting out now it's one of my strengths it just takes time uh, fishing's knowledge you know um, a lot of these guys that start out you know maybe too young they're inconsistent just because you know they're really good fishermen they're smart but a lot of it's just not you know even if you do talk to somebody else and learn a lot about lake or a way of fishing they still lack the knowledge you know the, the knowledge that you gain by fishing on the water by spending time on the water and that's that's why uh you know this time on the water is your most important i know a lot of guys say that but that's really is to me that's the most important thing that you can do you know a, a stronger fisherman to spend as much time as you can diverse conditions if it's you know snowing out cold and windy and it, I don't want to go out today. It's too cold and uh, nasty out. But those are the days that you learn the most sometimes. So do you feel, do you place more emphasis on, I guess, redirecting your weaknesses and, and kind of building that up and, and learning more? Or do you do you think it's more important to work your strengths when you hit a body of water or, let's say, a particular tournament? Or is it a combination of the both? I try to master, uh, now that I fish back here, you, you really, you know, the fish the elite series, you really have to master it all. You can't just, you know, master grass fishing and, and uh, you know, shoreline flipping and shallow water. You can't master just rivers. You'll be inconsistent. you got to master the whole entire, you know, from the lower dam to the upper dam. you got to do it all. you got to do the depth, I think, you know, fishing from a spider 
big to, you know, a lot of the most of the best fishermen, are guys are the most diverse that can go, you know, from fishing 25 feet with a spider jig or Carolina rig to fishing three feet with a spinnerbait, you know, back out to 15 feet with a drop shot, you know, just back and forth, you know, just, just stay on those fish. That's just your most important thing. If you get stuck doing one thing, a lot of times that one thing will change and it. I mean, it's bound to happen at least you know, three or four times a year, and uh, you got to be able to, you know, have three or four patterns going, and you got to master those patterns to be competitive. You know, and we often say here on the edge that recreational anglers, along with, you know, anglers that are at your level, have, have one thing in common, and that is time management. You know, in your case, yep. you have basically two and a half days to figure out a lake and to kind of put a pattern together for the upcoming tournament. A weekend yep. angler, you know, may have the weekend uh, prior to hitting a kid's soccer game or, you know, vacation uh, time limits. You know, what advice can you give with that kind of in the context of, of this time management to, to do exactly what you said? You know, how, did, how were you able to go about uh, basically developing this versatility into where you can become a master and working towards that goal? Uh, one of the biggest uh, hurdles I had was uh, my tackle cause I had, because I have so much tackle. And I, when I came back here, I really didn't know uh, what I'd be using out here. I, like I said, I, I knew how to fish grass, but not like I could do now, not nothing like I could do now. And now I got my tackle down to about you know, maybe a third of what I had seven years ago. So I'm way down. I got what, you know, what I really need, what I'm going to use. Are you saying, like, the guys that, this, that fish mostly the team tournaments and the, the local tournaments? Yeah, you know, just like, just uh, maybe a recreational angler that maybe doesn't even fish tournaments or even, you know, just anglers that, that are kind of part of the weekend warrior to where they fish team tournaments, you know, a couple pickup tournaments, local club events, and, you know, that type of thing. You need to spend time on the water. Yeah. Well, and, and you <laughs> I mean, know, I mean, you can, I mean, there's a lot of guys that can do it without spending time, like I was talking about earlier. But uh, really, the best thing to do is just, you know, try to get out there a day or two and and have your tackle organized. Have you know, 12 or 14 rods rigged up with, you know, cramp with all the everything you might throw, spinner bait. You know, that time of year, you might, it might be a buzz bait. You know, even this time of year, if you have some warm days, you know, you you gotta throw the buzz bait. It's just a, it's a killer bait this time of year. Um, you know, just just. All those different bases, you really need to have rigged up. Feel like have a day or two to practice the lake, and and uh, don't get stuck on. You know, a lot of, in the past, I had times hard times getting stuck on some areas trying to figure them out. I knew the fish were there, but I'm finding out in the last few years that you're usually better off just to keep on moving. You know, if you uh, if you keep on moving, usually you'll find something better. You know, I, I make I'll make like a 15, 20 mile run at Mugga Martin or or Lay Lake. You know, during the middle of the day, just. Because if I'm thinking of something in the back of my head, uh, you better do it, you know. Um, a lot of guys might get stuck in some, you know, a five, six-mile stretch of lake, and they're in a complete wrong section of the lake. You know, five or six miles from there, the next five or six miles of starting there is the section where they're at. And I, I notice that happens a lot this time of year till about February or March. These fish will there'll be, like, sections of the lake, two or, you know, one to two sections of the lake that you, you need to be in. Um, you know, the, re- the rest of the 80% of the lake is kind of, you know, hit and miss here and there, but there's always like a, you know, a 10-mile, 6-mile stretch of lake, it seems like, where there's really a, a, a bigger population of fish, and that's usually, uh, you find that, you know, once you find those fish, you know, during the tournament, you can kind of move around and pattern them, but it's find those uh, those good areas, that's one of, some of the challenges sometimes, find those little stretches that are the, that are the sweet spots. Well, Aaron, once again, uh, as always, you're full of useful information, and uh, unfortunately, we are out of time. We wish you the best of luck in the upcoming uh, season for 2009, and uh, thanks so much for being part of The Edge. Glad to be here. Thanks, Aaron. 
You know, I got to say one thing about Aaron Martin, uh, consistency. What else do you need to say about him? That's right. I mean, he consistently puts up numbers uh, at every tournament that he goes to, always in contention for Angler of the Year with uh, within the BASS format. But, you know, one of the things that I think that he does is command respect. You know, I've heard many, many times uh, from, from his peers that he can catch bass under any condition. Well, that's a very good compliment because I, I can't do that. No, and, and you know, and I think that's the challenge. That's kind of putting the, the pieces of the puzzle together. Mm-hmm. And that's where, uh, you know, oftentimes when we talk about strengths versus weaknesses, of course, he mentioned that uh, there in the interview. But a, a lot of times anglers will try and avoid uh, their weaknesses, whereas he really, um, I, I, I want to say, almost embraces those and spends time in the off season and practice uh, really trying to improve any area of weakness uh, that he has because his view is he needs to be an expert across the board. Well, I kind of like his philosophy about being self-reliant. And, you know, i got to tell you, Aaron, whenever I go to a new body of water, the first thing I do when I'm getting my bait or fuel for the boat, I, I always ask, you know, the local guys on the marina, so how's the bite, what have they been biting on, but Aaron says he doesn't do that, he relies solely on his own instinct. Yeah, and you know, I think there's a lot to be said by that, and and the way that he pointed it out, you have to do one or the other, either you're going to be open to outside help, or you have to rely um, pretty much on your own instinct, and it's not that one is right or wrong, obviously there's a lot of, um, you know, discussion out there of of what is better or, or what should be allowed, but bottom line is, Aaron basically goes and relies on his instincts and allows him to basically make decisions that, you know, he can build confidence on. And I think his partnership, you know, he spoke a lot about um, how he and FLW Pro angler Randy Blockett basically get together. They just basically spent time together on Logan Martin, kind of sharing thoughts on tackle, on what they've learned the last year, kind of how the fish reacted under certain conditions. And to have kind of a uh, I don't want to say mentor, but really a sounding board uh, to kind of share and, and discuss with, That that's going to help you be a better angler. Oh, sure it will. Anytime you can bounce stuff off somebody else. I mean, right. I know I do that on with the hunting, you know. Hey, look, I went and hung that stand over there, and I saw this. I said, you know, what? did you try a different setup? Or are you going on the food source or the staging area? It's the same thing with fishing. I mean, are you, what, you know, what part of the lake are they, you know, what depth are they at? Where are you fishing the bottom? What are you doing? Right. And, you know, the other thing that he does is not only just with his fundamentals on the fishing and, and understanding the water and, and how fish react, but also his physical conditioning. And, you know, how many times this year have we heard that, Dan? You know, he bikes 18 to 20 miles mountain bikes uh, per week at least one time and sometimes two. And that's so he can stay in shape. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many times that that physical uh, demand that is placed while you're on the boat, whether you're just fishing recreational or in a tournament, you know, if you don't have that stamina, you can't make good mental decisions if you're not feeling well. Oh, absolutely. Well, I don't know about you guys, but how many times if I know how many times I've been on the water after five, six hours and my back starts bothering me. Yeah, you're kind of just going through the motions. You got it. All right, good stuff there and uh, great interview, Aaron. Thank you very much. And Aaron, you ready to go uh, talk to Mr. Bob Lusk? Let's go do it. Let's go see what Bob's up to on the Inside Edge segment. Folks, we'll be right back here for you on The Edge. You've got the truck. You've got the toys. Now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both. It's the tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. You want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 tow and pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made B&W famous. The tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. Call 1-866-BEST-HITCH. 
Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. Hello and welcome back to The Edge. And joining us uh, this week for the Inside Edge segment is Pond Boss editor and fisheries biologist, Mr. Bob Lusk. Uh, Bob, thanks so much for being part of The Edge. Hey, thank you. Greetings. I've got a, an interesting question for you this week that uh, I think some of it is based in fact and, and possibly some in fiction, so I'm hoping you're going to be able to help us clarify some of that, and that has to do with the topic of fish care and then also handling a bass post-catch. You know, there's, there's a, a lot of, uh, ad, I guess, advice out there concerning some of the live well additives, whether you add ice, you know, how to properly handle a bass after you catch it, you know, whether you pick it up by its lip or by its belly. So, you know, maybe we could just jump in and, and kind of see what your thoughts are on that. When you ask that question, the very first thing that pops into my mind is this. God designed fish to be wet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, so the number one objective when you're handling fish uh, as an angler or as a sportsman or as a pond manager is to keep them wet. Always keep them wet. Don't leave them in the air. A fish is surrounded, encased in kind of a mucus coat that we call the slime coat. That's the fish's first line of defense. And every angler knows that. I mean, if you touch a fish, it's slick. Well, that's the fish's first line of defense against disease. So when a fish is caught, this is kind of the way I see it. A largemouth bass, for example, it's a great idea to lift the fish, but be sure your hand's wet. Get your hand wet. And if you're going to touch it with your other hand, make sure that hand's wet. Do the best you can to not touch the body of the fish if you can help it. If a fish is pushing up four, four and a half, five, five and a half pounds, I'd rather see you pick it up with a net. Now, I don't particularly like the the tied, knotted uh, nylon net nearly as much as I like the soft rubber nets because they don't they don't abrade the fish or take the slime off nearly as bad. Uh, if it's a bigger fish, use a dip net and then pick it up by the lip. Make sure your hands are wet. Support its belly because when you pick a big fish up by the lip, you can disjoint its mouth really really easily and that's going to affect the way the fish lives from then on. So it's okay to hold it by the lip, but support it by its belly. Well, it'd be kind of like uh, you and I getting picked up by the bottom jaw, I guess, huh? <laughs> well, it might be a little worse on me than you, but <laughs> yeah, 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 so. yeah I, that's exactly right. You know, there's a lot of anglers uh, out there that, that like to formally compete, and, you know, some of the tournaments are paper tournaments, which obviously promote conservation. There's a lot of positives there, but uh, also there are some tournaments that, you know, require those to be transported in a live well. What's your thoughts there on how to best kind of protect our natural resource? Well, I tell you, I know there's a lot of live well additives and a lot of concoctions and things that people can put in live wells to help support the fish kind of as a life support system. But let me tell you this, that fish lives in that lake water. It's going to be released in that lake water. It needs to be handled in the lake water. Now, one of the things I'm a firm believer in is salt, and I like to use unidized salt. As a matter of fact, when I'm handling fish, I go buy a 50-pound bag of stock salt from a feed store, and that's what I use at like about uh, oh, a half percent solution. And let me tell you what salt does. The very first thing salt does for a fish that's been hooked, uh, fought, you know, expending energy through its muscles as it runs, picked up by the lip, the hook removed, and then put in a live well, the first thing that salt does is keep the fish from releasing its slime coat. One of the natural reactions to a stressor from a fish is for it to slough off its slime and generate new slime. When it does that, that fish's integrity, its health, is going to be compromised. But what the salt actually does in, in fresh water is to 
dehydrate the fish's slime and keep it from sloughing it off. The second thing it does is it helps with the electrolytes in the fish's blood. When that fish runs and dies and swims and fights, it's using energy, giving up some hormones, creating new hormones, kind of like lactic acid and, and another one called cortisol. Well, you got to give the fish a chance to, to begin to calm down in the live well. You're really not going to rehab a fish in a live well. All you're going to do is calm it down and give it a chance to begin to slow its heart rate, to slow its uh, metabolism enough that it can begin to heal from that first stressor. So I believe salt is very important. Now, when the water's hot, the hotter the water, the less oxygen that it holds, and the faster the fish's metabolism rate is. I'm not a gigantic supporter of lots of ice in a live well. As a matter of fact, if the lake water is 84 degrees, I'm okay with you cooling it down to maybe 75 or 76. But if you're going to use ice in a live well, have a thermometer. Because if you change the temperature much more than about 10 degrees, that's enough of a stressor to be fatal to the fish once it's released. So I think the two main things you can do is to monitor the temperature of the water, make sure that you got fresh water flowing through, and salt the fish from time to time, depending on how long you keep them in the live well. Well, and I think that's great advice uh, because you can almost create the opposite effect or the antithesis of that by, you know, a shock factor, you know, by getting dumped into uh, freezing cold water. And that's one of the reasons, that's one of the things I should say that, that Bass Edge has done through the use of the Legend Boats. You know, we have those LED temperature displays for live well temperature to be able to monitor that right up on the front deck. You don't necessarily have to take any time away from, you know, making your cast or anything like that. But I thought you also brought up another good point is that you don't want to hype the fish up. You don't want to add additives that's going to cause them to, you know, I know a lot of times during weigh-ins, they, they talk about, well, look how how great care you took of these fish because they're all, you know, flopping and stuff like that. And I think you bring up a good point from the standpoint that you want to make sure that you're actually calming the fish down, giving them at least the opportunity to calm down so that we have decreased mortality. Yeah, because when you rev them up, you're making things worse. Right. You know, when you add additives that make the fish more active in the live well, you're not helping that fish, you're hurting the fish. What you want to do is slow the fish down so that you can handle it and then be able to release it so it can go back in the lake and heal. And the sooner that fish can get back into the lake, the sooner it's going to heal. And, uh, you know, going back to keeping your hands wet while you're handling the fish, one of the things that struck me that just entered my mind a few minutes ago is I'll never forget the lesson I learned on this about 25 years ago. I was at a private club lake that I was managing, and it was in January of the year down near the coast of Texas. And uh, some guys had been talking about a 12-pound bass that they had caught and released about 10 days earlier. I was walking on the dock 10 days later, and I see this fish, big fish, lethargically swimming by the dock so slowly that I was able to go back and get a net and catch it. And there was a fungus growing on that fish on its belly in the shape of a hand. Oh, my goodness. And that just knocked me out. It, that showed me the importance because what had happened, whoever caught that fish did not wet their hand. The slime where the hand touched the fish came off, and that area of the fish grew a fungus in the wintertime, and the fish died from it. You know, so handling fish is a big, big deal, very important. Well, and definitely uh, very important, especially if we want to, uh, continue to have those around to be able to enjoy and for others to enjoy as well. Bob, once again, uh, great information and uh, thank you so much for being part of The Edge. Before we get out of here, give us your contact information uh, so that we can get questions directed towards you and, and keep in touch. Of course, you can catch me at BassEdge.com on Ask the Pros, but you can also get me on our website, which is PondBoss.com. You can click on Ask the Boss or click on the contact information, send me an email, and I'll be glad to visit. 
When I'm fishing in a tournament, time is critical. I need fast, easy access to my lures. My Cook's go-to tackle system keeps my bait organized, tangle-free, and within easy reach. It installs in minutes under any deck lid, maximizing the storage space in my boat. And its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions. Get organized with Cook's Tackle System by calling 1-888-390-8780 or online at cooksgoto.com. Welcome back to The Edge. Hi, welcome back on The Edge. This is Mr. Outdoors Dan along with the host of Bass Edge TV, Aaron Martin. Thank you, Bob Lusk. Wonderful Inside Edge segment. Vital to our, the protection of our resources. That's right. Pond management. That's right. And, you know, handling fish, whether it be if you're just taking them off the end of your line to release them immediately or putting them in your live well uh, to go weigh in for a tournament or... You know, maybe even perhaps uh, taking them home to eat. Bottom line is when you handle those fish, I thought Bob pointed out some great things on how to take care of those to make sure uh, that we have those resources to enjoy in the future. Yeah, and i got to be honest with you. I don't think I've ever, I there's a lot of times I've wet my hands before I handle the fish. Yeah, I thought his comment when he said, he said, one thing I do know, fish were meant to be wet. And so, uh, therefore, you know, uh, obviously we can spread bacteria to them. And one of the things that uh, by wetting our hands, you know, that just helps uh, protect that slime line which is basically their first defense uh, to bacteria in that that can be passed on from us. So great stuff. Yeah, good stuff. We've got a question from Mr. Joe Henry from Name a Town, Name a Town. The reason I say that, folks, what have Aaron and I been pleading with you guys for for at least three months? When you're kind enough to write in, which we love, please put your contact information on there. So, Joe, I'd love to send you something, but I don't know where you're at. Yeah, that's right, Joe. So get us get us that information, and we'll get you something sent out. But regardless, it's still a good question. It's so a that's great question, yeah. and this is from Joe Henry. And Joe, We're not picking on you, Joe. We just would like to know where you're at. Go ahead, Aaron. Can boat electronics, basically GPS sonar, spook bass? And uh, we threw this one out to Bob Lusk, and I'll, I'll give you the reason why uh, we allowed him to answer answer this at kind of at the end of it, but he, Bob states, Joe, according to the manufacturers of boat electronics, sound waves emitted by their units cannot be heard by bass. Bass, as well as people for that matter, have unique ranges of hearing. You and I can barely hear the clicking noise if we get close enough to hear it, but fish can't hear those same clicking noises. At the same time, we hear reports from anglers that suspended fish sometimes turn on when they turn off their electronics. It's hard to dispute the science, but it's also hard to argue with the fishermen. The best answer is inconclusive. Bob Lusk. And also, Joe, I want to point out, uh, for more information on that, um, as well as all of our listeners, you know, be sure to go back and visit podcast number 80, because we do a whole uh, podcast segment, Inside Edge segment with Bob, that uh, he provides a lot of additional feedback that kind of gets into sound waves, to how many decibels a fish can actually hear as compared to a human. So a lot of good information there, but also a very good question. And thanks to Bob, you know, for, for letting us know what he knows, but also, you know, just stating, hey, this is the facts, this is what I know, but bottom line, he can't make a, uh, you know, exact conclusion on that. Oh, absolutely. Hey, listen, don't forget to check out the latest Bass Edge merchandise. You can also sign up for the e-newsletter and also the prize giveaways like our great question from Mr. Joe Henry. Joe, please, address. Uh, include your shipping information. Send in your questions on the Ask the Pro sections. And don't forget to check out the new video clips. They have been updated and posted just for you. Is that okay? That is okay. You know what? I don't know who's on next week, but I know it'll be good. It's it's going to be good, I can promise you. Yeah, okay. Well, for little E out there coming <laughs> home from Elvis, this has been Outdoors Dan. And 
You know what? We don't have suspicious minds on this podcast. We just try not to be cruel. So, Aaron, <laughs> get your blue suede shoes on and let's get out of here. <laughs> let's roll, man. Folks, for Aaron Martin, this is Outdoors Dan. We'll see you next time right here on The Edge. Bass Edge would like to thank the following sponsors who make the Edge audio program possible. Ditch Witch, Mother's Waxes and Polishes, B&W Trailer Hitches, Megaware Keel Guard, Cook's Tackle Management Systems, Ardent, Rule the Water, Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Superstar Batteries, and the Clarks Hill Partnership of Georgia. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com. Be sure to join us next week on The Edge.